1: Hello and welcome to MOVE, a podcast which is hosted by me, Jamie Lang, and my business partner, Ed Williams. Now, in 2012, Ed and I founded our confectionery business, Candy Kittens, a business which I'd actually dreamed of having ever since I was six years old. And honestly, we wouldn't have achieved half of what we've been able to without all the amazing tips and advice we picked up along the way. MOVE stands for Motivation, Opportunity, Vision, Entrepreneurship. And each episode of the podcast, we're bringing you the stories of founders, innovative thinkers, entrepreneurs and winners who show us all what's possible with hard work and focus so whatever you're moving towards we hope today's guests will open your eyes to what you can achieve this is move jamie how are we doing today Good, buddy. Uh, I have, I've been driving around London at the moment because I have my little Vespa. You know my little red Vespa
2: I have. I do. I'm terrified every time I get on that thing.
1: <laughs> I know. We got on and got stuck in a storm the other day. <laughs> um, but I've got, my, I've got my gloves, so I've been driving around with no gloves on and
2: it's freezing. You know what you need? What do I need? A pair of long johns. Long johns? Why do I wear long johns? You definitely need some long johns to keep you nice and toasty. Okay. Did you know that long johns were invented, fun fact, By John Smedley. So John Smedley that makes those lovely jumpers. He invented long johns and that's where they come from. Ed, you are um, full of useless information. I Uh, am. uh, Right, tell us who's on move today. So today we have the amazing Ben Jeffries. Now Ben started a company called Influencer, which funnily enough, he started with a guy called Casper Lee that I think you know, Jamie.
1: Yeah, Casper Lee, a good buddy of mine. Casper is one of the UK's biggest uh, YouTubers. He started it years ago. He's an incredible person, a real entrepreneur as well. He has nearly 10 million subscribers
2: on YouTube. Unbelievable stuff and and really a a true influencer. Um, Funnily enough, they met on Tinder, which is a weird Tinder success story, but we come on to that more in this episode. But Ben started his business out at the age of 19 years old. He dropped out of Bath University to start this business, took a big risk, but without a doubt, that has started to pay off for him. He raised his first investment round in under 24 hours and has most recently completed his Series A investment at £3 million. Super excited to have Ben on, they have an office in London, they've just opened in Kiev and will be opening in New York later this year. Ben has spoken on BBC News, Cannes Lion Festival, VidCon, Web Summit, Social Media Week. But today he is here with us. And also,
1: what's great about Ben is that he is such a young guy. He left university, studying a great degree at Bath University. Uh, his parents told him not to, but he left because he had the he had the desire, the dream, the passion to start this business. Nineteen years old. Not only that, is if you're interested in social media, if you uh, want to get into social media, if you don't know anything about it, this is the person
2: for you. He is the bible of social media. Absolutely. That digital marketing brain, you know, to go out there and start what he did. Before he started this business, he had another business, which he talks to us about, that was totally built through the power of social. There's not a lot this guy doesn't know about digital marketing. Also, uh, there's a very few times when
1: Ed starts taking notes, and these are one of those times <laughs> you were taking notes throughout the whole conversation. I was running out of space. <laughs> you were running out of space. Right, let's intro it, Ed. This is Ben Jeffries on Move. So I think before things we kick things off Ben Jeffries, uh we so we've been trying to organize this podcast for a while <laughs> like for ages. And difficult man to get hold of. Difficult man to get hold of man. It's cuz you're raising this and doing that and building this and just all <laughs> over the place. But Ed you don't know this. Um uh Ben uh went on a uh trip to Abu Dhabi, right? Yep. Uh, with Casper uh, Lee your co-founder. Yep. Uh and um Oliver Proudlock, who you know, Ed. And anyway, uh, Ben and I had been messaging on social media because that's how I was contacted, meant to get him on the podcast. And I suddenly got a voice message on my Instagram uh, from Ben saying, what shall I wear? All these kind of things. And I didn't really know what to say or do. So I just kind of was like, uh, okay, man, just wear anything
3: you... Your you, pyjamas. I was really impressed with how you actually <laughs> responded really normally. Really? It was actually quite weird, <laughs> the messages that he sent. Was, was, it, was it quite weird? Because you were like, what
1: the hell is going on? Is that like I'm going to try and find this. Uh, is it here? Let me see if I can... Here we go. So this is the, this is the note, uh, what I got from on my Instagram.
2: May also... What should I wear? Should I come down in sort of a shirt and chinos and tie or... um let me know what I
3: should wear <laughs> and that's, that's Ollie doing the voice it's Ollie yeah, Brown yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I,
2: thought it was, I thought it
3: was hopefully ben. our voices aren't too
1: <laughs> sort of similar
3: to that but you know yeah. maybe hey,
1: hey Ben how are you man yeah I know really well thank you so
3: much for having me on guys really really appreciate it no
1: listen Ed and I uh, I don't know how many we've done so far these podcasts
2: we've done a few we've done a few but they're, they're kind of moving in the right direction we've had some really I like how you put we're it we're moving in, in the right moving direction yeah. straight away get uh, the branding out but it'd be Ben yeah. I think it'd be great to kick off Um, For the listeners that don't know about your story and Influencer, maybe you could kind of give us your elevator
3: pitch. Sure. So I guess as a pre-context, Influencer itself as a business is an influencer marketing company. So we basically connect brands with famous people on social media. Um, But in terms of, I guess, how it actually started, um, I guess when I'm even younger than I was now... um, at about 16, I... you're 24 now, right? 23, even younger. 23. What are you... Go, I'm 31. <laughs> this is unbelievable. <laughs> well, you know, I, th- I think it's, it's one of those things where, um, especially in today's day and age with the internet and social media, it's pretty easy to... Well, not pretty easy, but it's much easier to start a company um, with the resources available out there, or at least to fake it till you make it and start a company um, sort of vibe. So when I was about 16... Um, I guess I take inspiration from quite a lot of you know um, other people who were setting up clothing companies, and you know especially those ones like Hype who were out there. And I launched my own clothing company um, around this world called Breeze. Um, it was actually a bit of an odd word to actually use in principle um, essentially me and my friends used to have this saying like stop chatting breeze which essentially meant you know stop chatting absolute rubbish um, so I thought okay well why don't I whack that word breeze actually on a, a t-shirt and start you know selling them but essentially what I'm putting on a t-shirt is shit right <laughs> <laughs> stop chatting breeze but um, so I started selling these t-shirts um, and it was going really within like friends and family and I thought okay well how can I sort of amplify um, who wears these t-shirts um, and I thought, okay, well, I myself, you know, listen to when celebrities wear stuff. Um, So, uh, you know, I thought, okay, well, which celebrities can I sort of reach out to, you know, uh, and whatnot. And I started reaching out to loads of celebrities and then was getting literally zero response. I thought, okay, well, let's take it back a couple of notches. Um, And I'm a massive Chelsea football club fan. um, But... From the same note, I couldn't really reach out to all the bigger players. So I decided to reach out to the Chelsea Reserve team players. These guys had like 10 15,000 followers at a time um, on Twitter. And I basically just tweeted them and said, look, you know, guys, if I pay you 100 quid and if you wear my T-shirt, um, would you mind posting a tweet about it? Because Twitter was one of the most, you know, the main sort of social network at the time. And they were like, yeah, really, really happy to. And I started getting a really big buzz from these guys um, promoting the clothing brand. And then I thought, okay, well, if I'm, you know, getting a really good response with these Chelsea players with 10,000, 15,000 followers. Surely I can find other sporting clubs with similar level of followers. So I started branching out to multiple different teams um, up and down the country, and which is basically getting all of these recruiting players to wear the clothes. Um, I was getting really, really good response. And I thought, okay, well, you know, a clothing company is cool, but what's actually cooler is the fact that I'm utilizing these creators to actually... And this was actually at the
2: time these guys were tweeting about your Breeze t-shirts and then you were seeing sales come in from the back of that. Exactly, exactly. But
1: but sorry, but just to cut you off there just quickly, that was 2012, right? So around 2012, 2013, yep. you, you launched that, you were 16, you're 23 now, my maths. Um, how did you, that? that is, you, you were using influencers before anyone even knew what the term influencer really was in terms of that social media world. So you were paying these guys 100 quid to tweet about your t-shirts and your brand. How did you come up with
3: that idea? How did you be so innovative about that? I think when you think about what, Influencer marketing, actually, is a lot of people, you know, might say, you know, just before when influencers became an actual thing. I mean, influencer marketing is essentially just word of mouth marketing, but just being amplified through a new way of displaying your voice. And this new way of displaying your voice is social media. Um, so it's not necessarily a new concept as such. It's just say, seeing that conversations occur more, perhaps, through social media. Just packaged differently, the same idea. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, just started you know, riding that wave, I guess you could see. Um, and there were other shows as well, um, you know, gaining traction. I think, you know, Made in Chelsea must have been around a similar sort of time when mm-hmm. it was growing. Um, and I think, you know, a, a lot of the guys and girls in there were actually promoting other brands as well. So I must have just inst- instinctively just taken sort of, you know, inspiration.
1: Yeah, from there.
3: From there. And yeah. and where did it go from there? What, what happened next? So what happened after that was... Um, and then was like, okay, well, this is cool, you know, running the clothing company, but why don't I actually use this network of influencers and try and see if I can work with other brands? Um, so I started working with some really, really cool brands from an early stage, which is like the European Bartender School, um, which basically just like trips around um, Europe and actually teaches you bartending classes, um, Badoo, which is a dating app. Um,
1: we had Michelle Kennedy, who uh, on, on move, actually, she was uh, one of the in-house lawyers for, for Badoo at the time. Yeah, a really interesting person. They had over
3: fifty million users, which is just crazy. Well, Badoo's actually the largest dating app in the world, but you don't really think about it when you think of dating apps as such, because it's probably in the forefront it's like Tinder, maybe Hinge, but Badoo actually own Bumble. And obviously, there's a few others, such as Chappie, which I think um, one of your buddies owns yeah, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, the, you know, Purdue's portfolio of apps is huge. So it was a really cool client to go on an early stage. And they got influence Marketing, which was great, because with a lot of the early days, you know, when I was pitching into clients, trying to teach them influence Marketing... There was, f- at first, the educational piece around well, what actually is influencer marketing, and why should I actually listen to these influencers who are promoting all of these, you know, products and services? Um, so that was often the hardest part. And you know, along that sort of journey as well, um, was definitely pitching to various people who shot me down, whether they were saying you're way too young, what are you doing, or whether they were saying you know, influencer marketing will never work. Um, and then you know, I guess through th- those multiple times and those multiple shootdowns as such. Um, that's when you learn how to, I guess, tackle those answers. Because if one person's thinking that, you know, no doubt multiple other people are thinking that as well.
1: I think you just relate to a lot of people listening to the podcast because our our listeners are quite young, right? I I think a lot of people listening to this quite young and we want to aim towards a young age group. Age is a really weird thing because for some reason people, you may have a fantastic idea. Look at Zuckerberg, he starts at 21 years old. But because of your age, people think you don't have an experience. If you don't have experience, why would they, why would they trust you with their money if they were going to invest in your business? And do you think one of the biggest hurdles you had to get over was the fact that you you are and you
3: were so young when starting a business? I mean, you know, I guess at the start, it was definitely around that young person hurdle. Um, but it, I tried to swear away from trying to, I guess, amplify the fact that I was 23 As well or at the time you know 21 or at least 18 because that instinctively you know you you would have people come to you and basically say oh you're doing so well for an 18 year old or you know you're doing so well for a 21 year old but you're basically just thinking in your head well I don't want to be doing well for that age I want the company to be seen as an actual senior company not as a company who's doing well for someone who's young because obviously it's different sort of you know perceptions um so I think you know Along those lines, it was about, okay, well, you know, growing up the image as such. And I was at Bath University when I first started the business as well. Dropped out of Bath University, which is probably a story in itself. Um, But it was all of these things which allowed me to gain experience, um, you know, hiring people who are older than you as well. And and how to act as that more senior company as well.
1: Uh, That's... You know, you're you dropping out of Bath University when you're uh, 19 years old. That is a huge thing, right? The bit, you know, that's that's taking a risk right there. That's your education. And, um, you know, you, you have the, the the massive opportunity to go to a great university, to get a degree, to come out. And if everything fails, at least you can fall back on a degree. And that's why a lot of people, you know, in America, they're big advocates in that. you, Even if you're an incredible NFL
2: player or NBA player, you have to have gone to college so you get a degree. Absolutely. I think this bit is really, really interesting for our listeners, actually. I mean, that must have gone down like... 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 A lead balloon with your parents yeah. all the
3: time. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, when I first told them that, obviously, you know, the fireworks set off in the house with my parents basically saying, all that money we've invested into your education <laughs> and now you're dropping out. Um, but then when you know, I walked them through it and um, and then it was, you know, it was not just an instant decision. It was months later when I finally actually did it. But but um, take
1: me to that moment because that is, you know, the biggest the biggest thing when it comes to most people uh, are talkers, right? We all have great ideas. Everyone has a great idea. And what normally happens is someone goes, oh God, I had that idea. It's so annoying, I didn't do it. And actually, the winners are the people who actually get up and go and do it. And that's the hardest part of doing anything is actually going and doing it, writing a business plan. If you um, are looking to get fit, even if you start going for a run for the first five minutes, at least you've done a run for five minutes, it's something to do. What gave you the energy and the, the confidence to go, I'm going to quit that. And I'm going to start something which I don't really know if it's going to work, but I
3: believe in it. So I'm going to go for it. I think it was, you know, at a young age, you probably have that natural sort of energy inside of you, where if you're really passionate about a subject, um, and you know, passion is one of the key things in setting up a business at a young age because you have to be committed. Um, and when situations do go Perhaps not the way you expect them to go. Um, passion is, is what will actually get you through those um, situations to actually make sure that you keep going um, and don't just give up. I think um, you know starting a business at a young age. Um, a lot of people say you know you're taking all these big risks as such, but. Perhaps it's a little bit easier because you know, older people who set up businesses, they have things to worry about, you know, their kids, they've got mortgages to worry about, that there are bigger implications if it doesn't work out. Whereas if you're at you know a younger age where, okay, you you know, it doesn't go All the, goes the way completely you expect yeah, Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't go the way that you expected it to go, then In theory, I could just go back to university and try again. (laughs) I talk about this quite a lot with people that in
2: uh, Candy Kittens have kind of interviewed for jobs with us or whatever it may be. And they kind of seem quite nervous about, you know, well, I'm taking a big risk to come and work for your startup. And if your startup doesn't succeed, then I don't succeed. And I kind of think we'll actually often spin that conversation around because really at a young age... You've got so such less to lose. If Candy Kittens fails, then Jamie and I have got a lot to lose because we're putting in so much on this, the success of that business. But actually, for somebody that comes and works with us, as long as they give it 100%, if they fail, then they've they've taken a lot away from that. Lots of experience, lots of learnings, and and that can only make them a better person as they continue to grow in their career.
1: But but, but why is age so important? Why why do people believe that when you're younger you're allowed to? And I, I I agree with this, by the way. I agree that when you're younger you're allowed to make mistakes, and and actually you know make mistakes, make make mistakes, and as many mistakes as you possibly can when you're younger, because then you'll learn from them. And I totally agree with that. However. Why, why is that? Why can't you make mistakes when you're older? Yes, maybe you have kids and you can't risk as much as you can when you're older. But, but what, what are you really risking? At, I suppose you're risking your education, but there's always risks you're taking in life. So, so uh, perhaps I'm sort of contradicting myself, but maybe actually you don't have to be any age to go and take these risks.
0: Yeah. Say hello to a new era of mental health care.
3: 15, 15 15 just 15 bucks a
1: month so give it a try at mintmobile.com slash
0: switch forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promo for new customers for a limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com
3: hundred percent i think I think you know there is definitely that side to it but I think it's also when you're at an early age um, and, you know, you, you don't have the experience. So when I started up Influencer, I mean, sure, I had the experience of launching Breeze, but I mean, it was no by means an actual proper company in that sort of sense. So um, in terms of um, the experience, you know, you're lacking in the experience. So the only way which you're able to actually develop as both a person and also develop a business is by making mistakes and actually, you know, making some failures, which you can learn from and make sure that they don't happen again. I mean, definitely along the journey where there are multiple times where, you know, slipped up and you, you're a bit like, shit, is, it, is this it? Is this now over? What do I do Is the next step? Um, and you, you know, you basically either go hide for about, you know, an hour or so thinking, okay, think then, think then, think then. Or go and, you know, um, speak to one of your friends or speak to someone who um, can be seen as an advisor in. And ask awesome. them, okay, well, you know, I've run out of all the ideas myself. What's the next steps to do? When you do come across those hurdles, like we all have, you know, Ed and I have
1: come across so many. I'm sure you have come across loads, even at your young age. Um, how how do you deal with that? Because a lot of people become uh, snails and they retract and they go into their shell and they don't peek out. What is the best way to overcome hurdles that you have to cross or mistakes that you make?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's. I I think talking always helps. Um, It's. It's really funny. My sisters always say to me, um, "I have no idea what is going through your mind (laughs) right now," because you always consistently seem to be just not, you know, stopping, but always overcoming issues and moving forward. And I think it's from from you know a lot of the cases accepting when you are actually wrong or accepting when you have actually made a mistake and thinking, okay instead of dwelling on the mistake, what's the solution to this mistake? Um, how can we actually grow from this mistake or how can we move forward? Because if you, you know, sit around for too long thinking, this is the worst thing in the world or, you know, never going to come back from this, you you actually won't. And you have to often instinctively make decisions to be able to actually grow.
2: Have you got any kind of good examples of that? I mean, what are the big mistakes that stand out for you is getting the business
3: started? <sighs> I'm trying to think. I mean, the, it's in... <laughs> There's none out there. No, <laughs> no, no. no, no. perfect, it's, it's, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely not. I mean, I'm far, far from perfect. I mean, you know, there are definitely mistakes from, you know, various legal things I've had in the past. And, you know, same as us. Things that you, the, the funny thing is that when you uh, start a business, you
1: have no idea about a lot of things. For example, on our packaging, when we first started, we put something, say, completely natural, real fruit juice, all these kind of things. And And... We did have a lot of those elements. However, there were some elements which were false. But we didn't realize that. We really didn't realize that was false advertising. We had to change things, and that is the, again the point when, you start a business, that you have to uh, you have to go for it and learn the mistakes as you go along. Otherwise, you you know
3: you don't get anywhere. I mean, hundred percent. I mean, th- there is one example I can probably think of, which is a mistake. Um, so, not that I necessarily support him but um with Donald Trump I saw that he bought Jed Bush's website which was jedbush.com and that would go to Donald Trump's website if you type in jedbush.com and I thought that's you know that's quite smart marketing like a bit of guerrilla marketing there so I bought one of our competitors com names because they had the UK. so I had that going to influencer.com which was fantastic <laughs> because then all of their traffic seemingly was going to us and I, well I thought it was really smart because we're getting a lot of inbound business and then um they then you know, sent a legal letter through saying you're trying to impersonate us as a company. And I was like, I didn't really think of it like that. I just thought it was like a smart way to sort of do it. Um, where people would, you know, always be thinking about influencer. Um so that you know, was one mistake you make, but um you learn from them. Um and I've actually had um an advisor over the last few years who's actually a lawyer, and it's really interesting how much you learn about almost like what you can and what you can't do. Um, because a lot of people as well, um, you know, we've had letters sent to us from various legal disputes um, and then people panic in the company. Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And then you're actually like, well, have you actually read what the letter says? And um, when you read what the letter says, you're like, we haven't actually done anything wrong. You know, it's just someone who's a big corporate, perhaps sending a letter through um, to try and worry or, you know, panic um, so that you suddenly go for it um, because they feel like they can bully a startup as such. But, you know, when you're at that smaller stage, don't necessarily be worried about a legal letter. Do you know what what I've worked
1: out, and Ed is uh, sort of the master at this as well, is that when you have an MD, someone who's running the business like Ed, like yourself, uh, those are the people, firstly, they're the ones who question everything. They're there to question, so you constantly question uh, what people are doing, whether things are going right, letters that come through. But also, normally the people who stay calm um, and I agree with you. I think that when you start a business, you get legal, as you get different things coming through and everyone freaks out because you see a red mark and you go, Oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. But what you learn over time is actually there's no reason to ever panic. Really. You've got to stay calm in those situations and that's how you get through it. But I always want to take you back to when you were 16 years old and you started your first business breeze, a clothing uh, brand. What gave you the energy and the passion to start a business? Was it uh, the fact you wanted to make money? Was it because you liked being creative? Was it because you wanted to own your own business? What was it?
3: Um... I'd probably say back when I was 16, this is when I was actually at school, it was probably that I just thought it was like a cool thing to do as such. I thought, you know, um, if I can actually launch this, then wow, you know, this is not what anyone else in our year is doing. Um, So it's like necessarily a cool thing to do. And then I thought, okay, well, you know, with that, um, I guess you can just, as you say, um, have a greater understanding of various creative things. Sure. Um, but no, it's, it's, it, it was definitely one of those things when, you know, at a young age as such, um,
1: but that's, like, I, I suppose what I, the, the cool thing to do was to, you know, when I was young, the cool thing to do was for me to go and kiss girls and, and be good
3: at sports. That's what I'm saying. So perhaps <laughs> that kind of <laughs> amplified that because you were the cool guy with the company. Right. So it created that like, you know, impression where everyone was like, oh, wow, that's the kid with the company. And the character, like, right? but, but that's, yeah, a, yeah, but that's yeah. like a,
1: that's like an ultimate kind of, uh. A way to become cool. I mean, starting a business. I I, did. I, if it went well, of course. Yeah, but I mean, sure, of course. But at 16 years old, I had no. I would have no clue what to do, where to begin, where to go, how to even find t-shirts. You're 16 years old. How do you even find t-shirts? Yeah, this
2: is my question. What was your kind? Of, what skills did you have at that point that allowed yeah. you to go and do
3: it? So quite a lot of it was just naturally self-taught. So as in watching, you know, hours and hours on YouTube videos and like how to use Photoshop to then design a logo, um, and then literally, I think I typed in t-shirts applying to Google. My first load of t shirts were an absolute disaster. Bought them from Alibaba. <laughs> so I thought that, you know, yeah. just hearing that everyone has to get stuff from China and that's the way to do it, you have to do it properly. Um, so, Started ordering, you know, samples from China. And honestly, they were some of the worst T-shirts that um could <laughs> How have ever bad remember. were they? Were they terrible? <laughs> it was just like really thin. You know, it was like promotional T-shirts that people get. out. I was yeah. like really thin ones. And I was like, I'm never going to be able to sell these as an actual clothing brand. <laughs> so I had to, you know, take a few steps back and actually look deeper um, on the web. And I found a really cool supplier in Cardiff, actually, called Merch Asylum. Um, that's really what it's coming back to me now. Um, and they were really good at as well, like helping me along the journey, being like, okay, well, you know, you, using your brand right now, um, what we can also suggest is doing these various like sweatshirts, these various rucksacks, these various caps. Obviously, they had the benefit of spending more money through them. But from the same note, they were assisting um, with the creativity um, to help ampl- amplify the, bar- the brand, which is really cool.
1: But, but, but also, I'm just going to challenge you on this because that is... Uh, I suppose uh, trying to be cool right is supposedly being it's effortless right what you're doing is you're putting a lot of work into creating a company you're studying things on YouTube you're uh, googling where to get t-shirts you're uh, having to raise money or find money to pay for these t-shirts all the things it can't just be for validation it can't just be because of that there must have been an interest or a desire to get out there and achieve something
3: there there must have been I think I looked up to a lot of entrepreneurs when I was younger and I think that was what I meant by, um, I guess, the element of being cool. It was that I saw these people who were these really successful entrepreneurs as cool. Um, so it was more, you know, imagine if one day I could be that sort of level. Um, and, you know, things which have always interested me are things like, you know, um, giving back to people. And, you know, education is, is always something which, especially which we always try and push um, right now at Influencer. Um, so I, th- I think it was a stage where I was like, okay, well, if I can learn all these skills that I can almost give back those skills, but in something which people don't necessarily learn. So, you know, at school, there wasn't much which really contributed to setting up a business. For sure, I studied business studies, but it wasn't really going into that granular detail. Exactly. It's useless. In my (laughs) honest
1: opinion, it's useless. They don't give you anything. And that's what frustrates me. That was the whole point, to move to encourage those people who are listening to this right now, who are sitting at the back of the class, who feel like they're misfits, feel like they uh, aren't achieving uh, and feel like they're not going to achieve anything in life. But in fact, you can go out there and achieve anything you want if you put your mind to it.
3: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that's really important. That is, if you set your mind to it, you can um, achieve anything. And I kind of think, you know, different to Breeze, but with Influencer, is I found something which I was really, really passionate about and something, found something which I... Was genuinely really believing, you know, if I as a brand, I had that sort of verification that it worked, can get these um, benefits from using influencers to promote the products and services, then other brands can actually building up themselves using these influencers so at the start there was very much a lot of working with other startups like and, and, I, and i guess that kind of stems back to what i was saying about the educational piece that i found sort of some like growth hacking techniques which i was like wow if i can get my own business to blow up then i can get other people's businesses to blow up through educating them how to use influencers and explain to the listener what growth hacking is so i'd say growth hackings using innovative marketing pieces um or, you know, um, you know it, it, yeah, I, I would say it's using innovative marketing pieces, um, which are not common or not natural um, to grow a brand um, to a much bigger stage, but on like a much lower budget, I would say often when I think about growth hacking, I'm thinking things more like guerrilla marketing-esque, which is quite, um, yeah, smart ideas, which are unique. And stuff that perhaps
2: a brand doesn't necessarily feel like they have the permission to go and do it kind of lets them, lets you
3: punch above your weight. Is that kind of fair to say? Exactly. It's not something which is like, you know, a standard advert on TV or a standard advert um, on a billboard or, you know, th- that type of advert. It's, it's something which is very, very different. And often they're the first to sort of do it. So, you know, an, an example of guerrilla marketing, um, you know, which you sometimes see on the streets of London is someone perhaps spray painting something yep. onto, you know, the actual streets. That's Ooh. guerrilla marketing. Um or a really good example of guerrilla marketing once is I saw um, there was a company who do like souped up Range Rovers. Um, called, I think it was Overfinch. And what they did is they put one of these Range Rovers in l- quite a few major cities. So it was London, New York, Paris. And they sprayed I all over this, it yeah. saying like, you cheating bitch or something. Yeah, on yeah, the actual yeah, car with yeah, like viral. smashed up windows. Yeah. And then all of the press picked it up like, oh my God, how jakes is this? But that's guerrilla marketing because then it was yeah. getting their car out there in front of everyone.
1: There's a great book called Growth Hacker by Ryan Holiday, which Correct. you have taught, which explains all about growth hacking and the the advantages of
2: using it, right? Definitely. You should definitely give that a read if you're interested in that, guys. Uh
1: okay, so Ben, you're 19 years old. Uh you are studying at Bath University, and you decide to quit it to go and launch Influencer. Uh how did you what did you how do you even start that? Did you buy an office? Did you did you sit in
3: your room? How did it all begin? So while I was at Bath University, I'd already started, I guess, launching Influencer in the same, like, I guess, continuing what was done at Breeze. Um, so working with a couple of brands um, on smaller campaigns where it was just more connecting them to like one or two influencers, more like a talent management style model. Um, so I would built up a little bit of traction. And there was a guy in the year above me at Bath um, who actually started a business called Lux Rewards. And he went on something called CrowdCube. And he raised his first round of investment and he he raised £100,000. And I was like, wow, that is cool. And just quickly explain what Crowdcube is. So Crowdcube is basically equity um, crowdfunding, which is basically where you can get people to invest into your company from as little as £10. um, And it's a way to raise investment and raise cash for your business in return for equity. So
1: you saw this guy do this and so you followed in suit?
3: Yeah, well, I, I, it was interesting. I was actually on a placement at Shell at the time, you know, the petrol company. So I was doing some sort of techie role there. And um, I saw this guy doing it and I was like, you know, wow, imagine if I could do that. So I basically, you know, San had a coffee with him and he told me about this accelerator program um, called Ideas Square, which was in the bath there. And he basically said, you know, look, go for a coffee with um, this person called Kirsty, and she will tell you whether your business is actually ready or not to raised on Um So I we went for a coffee with her and she was basically like, look, it's probably not ready right now, but if you do sort of like an eight-week sort of accelerator program with us, we can help you change from a sort of bedroom business, which it currently was because it was running outside of my university bedroom, to an actual proper business where we can get you ready for investment. Um, so that was just, you know, fine-tuning things like the investment deck, fine-tuning things, um, like, you know, the financials and what the actual projections for the company would actually be. Um, and and then you did that all yourself? Did that with the support? With the support. Uh, with with the the support. Support. I think the
2: important thing there, actually, which is a, is a great tip for some of our listeners, is to go out and have those conversations. So actually, if you see somebody doing something, you think, oh, that sounds really cool or that looks really great. How do I do that? Just ask them. It's, it's that easy. And I think we were often surprised, Jamie and I, when we started out, how many people are willing to meet you for a coffee? How many people are willing to go for lunch? If you just ask the question.
3: 100%.
2: Jamie, bad news. That is the end of part one. What? I know, I know. We got there so quick, but don't fear, part two is coming right up, just one click away. So everybody that's listening, just go over and click part two. thank you
1: so much for listening honestly it really does mean a huge amount and we also hope today's podcast has inspired you to move towards your dream or passion now if you like the podcast please subscribe and leave us a comment and if you'd like to get in touch please email us at move at moveclub.co.uk or follow us on instagram at moveclub until next time
4: this is move